Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 159 of the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Morehouse, and I'm so excited to have you join me for a fresh new episode of the show. You're going to like this one because I'm going to be talking to someone who's achieved something that some of us can only dream of. I'm talking about Chris Raining, who was able to reach financial independence by the ripe age of 35. That means by 35, he had a million dollars to his name. And I'm a little jelly, but also super proud of him because hell yes, we should be talking more about how we can live our best lives, how we can get out of, you know, just working a job we kind of hate, how we can reach financial independence on an average salary. And that's exactly uh, what we're talking about in this episode. He did not grow up rich. He did not win the lottery. I asked him all these questions. And so he really does share how he was able to uh, do this and also what his life is like now that he is financially independent. Like what's he do all day? I'm curious. Um, So I'm going to be talking to Chris more about all of that good stuff in this episode. But before I get to that interview with Chris, uh, here's just a few words about this episode's sponsor. It's spring cleaning time, but I'm not talking about decluttering your home. I'm talking about taking this opportunity to organize your finances. If you want to prevent a headache next tax season and want to get your business in better shape this year, then this is the time to do something about it. Where should you start? Well, I use FreshBooks to keep my business in check, and you might want to do the same. For the past 13 years, FreshBooks has been making really intuitive cloud accounting software. And as a result, they've carved out a massive following of freelancers and self-employed folks like myself. Not only is FreshBooks ridiculously easy to use, it also has a number of powerful features. You can create an invoice in under 30 seconds. You can make professional-looking proposals that include a project outline, scope of work, and timeline. You can even link your bank account so your business expenses are automatically added to FreshBooks. You see, there's a reason I've been using it for the past few years, and that's because it's simple and it works. And FreshBooks is offering Momoney Podcast listeners a 30-day unrestricted free trial when you go to freshbooks.com slash mo and enter Momoney Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Once again, go to freshbooks.com slash mo and enter Momoney Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Thanks, Chris, for joining me on the Momoney Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here. I'm so happy to be here. Um, you've been able to do something that I would love to be able to achieve, but I don't know if I'll be able to. And it's a very, uh, the reason I really wanted you on the show is so you were able to become financially independent at 35, very young age. And it seems like the, the whole idea of financial independence, retiring early, the whole fire community is on fire, pun intended. Um, and so I wanted to have you on the show to, to really get to know your story and just how you were able to achieve this. Cause I think, I mean, everyone's on board. Everyone wants to, who wouldn't want to, you know, become financially independent before 65. But a lot of people, I think, have a lot of questions and don't really understand how one can actually achieve this. Um, so that's why I want to talk to you about how that, but let, before we kind of get started, in case uh, people don't really know uh, your backstory, how, where did, did you, I mean, did you come from wealth? What is your story? What is your background? Were you already rich? Yeah. 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 Is just getting rich from your parents. Yeah. And then there you go. (laughs) End of interview. No. (laughs) (laughs) So no, I had a very uh, normal sort of upbringing, uh, middle, middle class, probably lower middle class actually, where, you know, my dad worked a, you know, a nine to five job and my mom stayed home with us three kids in Illinois. And, you know, it was very traditional. And so, 
I graduated from high school and went off to college. And that is where I sort of figured out that I liked, um, well, actually, I was always interested in finance. Yeah. Probably not. In, always? Probably not surprising. Yeah, always. Like oh. ever since I was a little kid, I was like either starting little businesses or, uh, you know, I was like really into trading baseball cards and just like, mm. I mean, that's almost like stock trading, right? And so I always was interested in in money. And so I mm-hmm. went off to college and I was like, I'm going to be a finance major. Mm-hmm. And so I spent, you know, a year or two years taking finance classes. And then I discovered computers. And this was maybe mm-hmm. like 98, 99. And just like totally. Was that kind loved. of a, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that kind of the time when the internet did exist and Apple was just starting to kind of come about or like what was going on during that? Yeah. So like the late nineties, it mm-hmm. was, I mean, it was like windows 95, if you are mm-hmm. old enough to remember that. And uh, yeah, the internet was around. It was, it was taking off. Like I remember in high school, we were still on modems though. Yeah. If you remember those, four, yep. seven, four, eight, eight baud modems uh, where you had to have two phone lines, yep. in the house, which we didn't because we couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. But um Anyway, so yeah, I, I just got really interested in computers and just the the fact that like you could uh, like like control the the operating system and all this stuff. And so I switched my major to management information systems, which is kind of like a a blend between business and uh, computers. And then mm-hmm. I graduated uh, and took a job uh, doing computer security work, which I was you know just like. That was my dream job. Like I coming out of college, like I wanted a, a job doing cybersecurity, and I found this this company in Madison that hired me. It was the only one that mm-hmm. I had an offer from, and so I took it. Moved to Madison, Wisconsin, and you know, I was like living the dream. Like I was making, I wasn't making very much money. I think thirty six thousand dollars was mm-hmm. my starting salary, and you know, I was just working and and loving it, and. Uh, you know, <laughs> just sort of fast forward the story uh, about, you know, around my mid to late 20s, you know, I was just kind of disillusioned already with this nine to five grind yeah. with um, with like not really having uh, control over my, my time and my mm-hmm. life. And I, I really like took a step back and was like, okay, like if I continue to essentially like manage my finances the way that yeah. I'm managing them. I am going to be doing this for the next 40 years and I can't do that to myself. Like, <laughs> I can't do that to my future self. Mm-hmm. And so that was really the sort of genesis around figuring out like, okay, if I don't want to, to sort of um, be enslaved to a nine to five job and bosses and all this stuff, then I need to take control of my money. And the yeah. way to do that is to become financially independent. Uh-huh. And so that was the, the sort of epiphany that I, I had to get me on that path. Mm-hmm. Who did you, I guess, uh, look at as kind of a role model or how did you get this idea of financial independence when you were in your kind of 20s? Oh, that's a really good question. So yeah, I had like no idea that people were retiring early mm-hmm. or, you know, regular people could build enough wealth to like take time off. Like, because I looked at my parents' generation and everyone worked until they mm-hmm. were in their 60s yeah. and that's just what you did. And so yeah. you never really question that because that's just what everyone does. And I was actually in a secondhand store down the street um, and I came across this book called Your Money or Your Life, 
mm-hmm. by Joe Dominguez and Vicky Robin. And uh, I, it was a dollar, a whole dollar, and I just, <laughs> I just bought it. And I read it. I started reading it, and I just blew through it in one Saturday. And like the concepts in there started making a lot of sense to me because what they were talking about is like every time you're, you're making money, you're basically like trading your life for money and then you can use that money to like buy stuff mm-hmm. or you can use it to buy back your time by investing it, saving it, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. so that was how I really learned about financial independence and that there was a way to get there that normal people can do. Mm-hmm. That, it's funny that you mentioned that book because I haven't read it yet, but it is, I literally, talking to so many people who have become financially independent uh, on the podcast, it, I bought it on Amazon. So it is on my like coffee table, <laughs> ready to be read right after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, when I kind of think of when I was in my twenties, there weren't that many examples of people who did that. I knew some people talked about early retirement, but usually when they talk about early retirement, they were like, I want to retire by 50 instead of 65 mm-hmm. or 70. I'm like, that still seems like a long time. Um, and it's, it's true what you kind of say, the disillusionment. I think a lot of us, especially millennials are getting to that because we're kind of all on that same path of going to school, getting that job. We're doing all the, you know, the checklist, life checklist things. And then we get to that certain point where we have achieved what we're supposed to achieve, which is a stable job, you know, a home, stability, all that kind of stuff. And then we're like, now what? I have to do this for the next 40 years? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, so, so after reading that book, what steps did you take to kind of change how you did manage money to kind of start working towards that goal of uh, reaching financial independence? Yeah, that's a really good question. So the first thing that I did, which uh, a lot of people probably don't do, and I wasn't doing it either, was tracking my spending. So I Mm -hmm. had absolutely no idea where any of my money was going. It was coming in, it was leaving. Um, As an aside, like I was putting money into a 401k. So like when I started working at 22, I was putting in a measly, whatever it was, $50 a month or whatever I could afford into my 401k. But besides that, I wasn't really saving or investing money. It was Mm -hmm. just money was coming in, money was leaving. I really had no idea where it was going. And so step number one was really taking a step back and figuring out just by going through all my different accounts, my savings account, my checking account, my investment account, like, okay, how much, this is how much money I have coming in. And this is how much money is, is leaving, not just on a, a yearly or monthly basis, but I went down to like the day, like just tracking mm-hmm. this, how much money I have, this, how much money is leaving and getting and or building, I'd say an awareness of my relationship with money. Mm-hmm. And so that I think is just the first piece is figuring out what is the state of the union, like what is actually yeah. going on with your money right like, now. Such a simple thing. And it's something that no, like so many people, unless they're like already kind of interested in personal finance and, you know, reading blogs and, and listening to shows and going to your website and stuff like that. Most people generally do not track their spending because it does sound boring as hell <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot easier now, like for, for you, when you did it, like when you were kind of tracking it like daily, like were you keeping receipts or like how did you actually do that? Now I just like, it's pretty easy. I think with any bank or credit card, you could just download it from your account, but. Right, right. Yeah, so now there are plentiful uh, tools that you can use to, that make it easy. But I, also, I actually think that that's, 
even though there are tools, I don't think that that's necessarily the right way to do it because when you're using a tool, you also lose some sort of awareness because Mm. I know people who use, I don't know, uh, Mint. Mint's a great tool. I used to use it a long time ago. But it kind of just sucks in all your data and then you kind of look at it and it's, you know, it's like, oh, cool. And then you just go on with your life. But if you actually have to spend the time to like Mm -hmm. manually type it in, which is what I did. I just had a Google spreadsheet, a Google sheet where I just pluck in my numbers on a monthly basis. And when you do that, it kind of makes you take a step back and think like, okay, I spent X amount on this thing. Was it really worth it? And you just build a tighter relationship with your, your spending than you would mm-hmm. uh, just using a tool. So I'm still an advocate yeah. for good old-fashioned yeah. pencil and paper or you know a spreadsheet. <laughs> I know, 100%. That's, and that's exactly what I do too. I have a Google Sheet um, and my husband has one. And so we have you know our separate ones for our separate spending and then one for our joint spending. And every single month, that he doesn't really like it. He's, he's gotten to like it now, but we go through every detail and be like, are we happy with what we spent our money on? Or is there something that we're like, why did we do that? So we can be better next. But I, I totally agree. It's, there's so many different apps out there and I think that's great to try it out. But for me, the only thing that has honestly worked and changed my habits is that kind of manual factor, plugging it in and taking a look and really thinking about it. But it's too automated. It's too automated. How do you think that you can sustain that over a long period of time? Um, it's honestly, it doesn't take me that long. So like our thing is just, we, we go into our, uh, credit cards and our bank accounts. We download the Excel spreadsheets from Mm. those, and then we input it, that data into our spreadsheet. So it really takes like 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 Me too. So (laughs) yeah, it takes probably, I spend 15 minutes a month doing it. Yeah. And when you realize that, and when people hear that, they're like, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. I could probably do that. Right. And for me, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that you've been doing this for quite a while now. For me, unfortunately, I've only been doing this for maybe a year and a half now. Before I had a budget, I loosely knew what was going on. I never tracked it to the dollar. And looking back, I'm like, I really regret that. I really wish I had tracked it because I'd have so much more clarity. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be like, I think I know what's going on now. I'm like, I specifically know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. And just to mention one more thing about that, it's almost like I, I, I started that back in, that must've been around 2006. And mm-hmm. so now what is that? 12 years. So yeah. I've been doing 12 years and it's almost like I've built such a strong habit yep. around that, that I almost can't stop doing it. Like I couldn't see myself not doing it. It's not a choice anymore. It's just like something I do yeah. as part of my uh, it's part of like how I run my life. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't seem like it again, cause it doesn't take you that long. It, it's not a big burden. It, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is awesome. So, so you started with that. What did you do after that on top of like, that's great tracking your spending, but that's probably not going to lead to a million dollars anytime soon just by doing that. Right. And so it really comes down to, to two things. And mm-hmm. I mean, you could go really deep into both, but it comes down to saving more of, of that money then. And uh, if you want to, or you can, earning more. And so mm-hmm. saving more of that money, once I knew where my money was going, then it was time to sort of, like you just mentioned, the things that I'm buying, are they really worth it? Do they really make me happy? Do they have some sort of utility in my life or am I just spending this money just to spend it and not really getting the value out of it? Mm-hmm. And so it really comes down to almost like value-based spending. Yep. So making sure that you're spending in the areas that uh, that you value and sort of cutting out 
everything else. And so for me, I, I mean, this is sort of a tired concept, but like I got, you know, I stopped uh, going out for coffee like every mm-hmm. single day, like every single day I would go out and get a coffee with two shots of espresso, a red eye. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, I didn't like, know that was called a red eye. Oh, that's yeah, fun. Learn yeah. something new every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so every single day I would get that and you know, that's five bucks, five bucks every day. Yeah. And, but then, I mean, yeah, you're not going to become rich by saving $5 a day. Mm -hmm. Uh, over a short period of time, like you really need to escalate that. And so then, you know, I just went up the ladder and cut out, I don't remember anymore, like cable TV I cut out Mm -hmm. and they went all the way up to cutting out a hobby of mine, which was flying airplanes. And I was spending, uh, you know, 800 or a thousand dollars a month to fly airplane. And so just as a hobby, like just for something fun to do. And it was just, just cause just flying just some airplanes. <laughs> I love <Right>. that. <laughs> and so like I, I cut that out and it's something I, I, I liked doing, but what I liked more was the idea of retiring early or having control over my time. And so, I mean, you have to make some hard choices yeah. about what do you really want more? Do you want to spend money on things that you get maybe some sort of instant gratification from, or do you want to spend money on giving your future self an opportunity to do something Mm -hmm. amazing? Yeah. So that is kind of an idea too, that I've been thinking a lot about. So I feel like uh, there's kind of a disconnect or, or just the idea of delaying gratification is good, but it also can be bad because some people, uh, I think a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of like my parents and a lot of baby boomers, a lot of them delay, oh, well, I'll get to that when I'm retired. I'm going to do my passion project when I'm retired. And so they almost do it to kind of the extreme. So how do you balance that delayed gratification? So you're like, okay, I'm not going to buy this now, but maybe I can in the future because this will help me get to financial dependence, but also living your life and having fun in the moment as well, if that makes Mm. sense. Mm. Yeah, that does make (laughs) sense. And so, yeah, people seem to have this idea that you, right, like you have to deprive yourself. Like you can't have any fun. Like you, if you, I don't know, if you go to a bar, you have to get a a glass of water instead of a beer. Mm -hmm. If, I don't know, just like you are eating rice and beans. Yeah. Like you can't have fun until you've reached that goal, basically. Right. And again, I think it just comes back to spending money, taking the time to figure out, okay, what, what's uh, really do I value in my life? And just a quick example, like for me, it was travel. And so Mm -hmm. I always put money aside for travel and I wouldn't feel bad about spending $2,000 to travel. I mean, I've been to something like, I don't know, 15 countries now because that is something that's important to me. I like it. And so I don't mind spending money in that area. But like, uh, well, like I just mentioned, like cable TV or whatever, like, like who cares? Like I don't, I don't care yeah. about TV, so I'm not going to spend money in that area. And mm-hmm. it's just going through your life, sort of combing through your life and figuring out okay, the things that I care about, I'll spend money on. That's great. You should Mm -hmm. be doing that. The things that I don't, okay, you kind of have to be ruthless about cutting those things out and just moving on with your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So balance is key. An extreme in either way is never a good thing. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really good way to say it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's easier said than done. That's for sure. But that's, I mean, that's just called life. (laughs) 
yeah, always and, trying to figure it out. Yeah. And it'll be different for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like things that I value, you're not going to value and, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So yeah, it is very personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just personal finance. And so, mm-hmm. yes, it's like, you shouldn't listen to other people about what they spend money on because it's going to be different yep. for you. Exactly. And a good way to figure out what your values are is taking a look at what you're spending your money on and if they make you feel like happy or like, what the hell? (laughs) So (laughs) you talked a lot about um, the first component, which is saving money. The second one is earning more. How were you able to do that second component? I'm assuming investing was a big part of it. Yeah. um, I mean, investing was always a a part of it, but I I mean, let's talk about my my career a little bit. I was was earning... um, I was earning decent money, but I knew that, okay, so you can only decrease your spending yeah. so far, right? Like you're never going to decrease your spending to zero. And so the other way to widen up that gap is to make more money. And again, that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But um, I, well, what I did and what I recommend is to get, to get mentors because mentors will help you figure out what you need to do to get to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And so... I approached a couple of people who were, you know, three, four or five years further ahead in their career doing um, a job that I thought I wanted to do. And they sort of helped me uh, come up with a strategy for how I could get to where I was to that point where they mm. were. And so, you know, one of the things that I did was to join Toastmasters, which is a mm. professional speaking organization, because I had that that wasn't a strong suit of mine was giving presentations or, you know, running meetings, that type of thing. And if I wanted to get to the next level, that is, or yeah, that's an important aspect of, of the job. And so it was sort of pushing myself to learn or improve my skill set in order to have an opportunity to, to earn more in a different and better position. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you have to kind of play the long game with that as well, because like doing these things, these are extracurriculars outside of work and you don't get paid for them, but yeah. you're really like playing the long game here where you're just building an asset. You're building your career, career capital. And by doing that, you'll eventually, um, hopefully be able to get the rewards of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're able to kind of, you know, uh, spend your time uh, honing your craft, getting some new skills so you can kind of elevate in your career so you can earn more money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been a, a really good example of that, right? Like, because you have a wide breadth of skills. Yeah. Under your yeah. And it honestly mm-hmm. did help me in, in my, I mean, now I'm self-employed, but before when I was working in the corporate world, I know... I was able to get that job and get a higher salary because of it, because of the skills that I'd got on the side on my free time. So I always recommend, you know, if you're spending too much time, you know, doing TV and you're unhappy at your, you know, your job, you want to switch or you want to get a promotion, you know, spend some of that extra free time. Yeah. Getting a new skill to, you know, make you stand out. It works. It really does. It really does. Yeah, it really does. Awesome. So that, Yeah, I think that's another question that or a a thing that lots of people like to really focus on is that, oh, you were able to become financially independent because you earned a lot of money or you had a high paying salary. Do you believe that people that have like an average salary are still able to achieve that? Maybe not in the same time frame, but still eventually? Sure. I I, I definitely believe that. I mean, I think that, yeah, I had a a career in in tech, but again, it was in the Midwest. I mean, I wasn't making a lot of money, but 
I, I think that it's, if you're making less money and, and a lot of people are right, like it's just like they're in a career, they've built a skill set around that career. And so they, at some point they might reach a, a sort of ceiling, right. And they're yeah. not going to be able to make more money. And that's fine. I, I just think that it might take a little bit longer, but like with anyone building wealth or, or looking to become financially independent, I mean, it takes time, right? It yeah. just takes time. It isn't something that just happens overnight for anybody. It's, it's a long road to get there. But I think mm-hmm. that what's most important is just being persistent and being disciplined. Yeah. And you, you kind of never know if you're investing in the market, mm-hmm. like you kind of never know when it's going to happen either. It's just, yeah. um, it'll happen when it happens and, and you can't, you can't get um, sort of frustrated that it's not happening as soon as, as you think it should. Absolutely. So you uh, had a list on your website or or when you emailed me that you became financially independent at 35, you saved up a million dollars, but you didn't quit your job until 37. So why did you delay? Like for me, if I like hit that mark, I'd be like, bye, I quit. Why did you delay two years? Or what happened in those two years that you didn't quit your job immediately? I was overthinking everything. Oh, That's were you? Oh, so you wanted to make sure that you had all your ducks in a row, basically. Yeah, there's this concept that's called, or I've heard called like one more year, right? And people in nearing traditional retirement fall into that trap as well, where like you think like you've checked all um, the boxes, you've dotted the I's, crossed the T's, but then you kind of get this feeling like, well, I should just work one more year, you know, just for a little more cushion. And then the next year it's, oh, I just work one more it's yeah. just a never-ending thing where yeah. you'll look back and it's like I've been doing that for the last 10 years yeah and so I was sort of in that trap where I was like okay I could walk away now mm-hmm. you know I have the financial means to do that but like that's kind of scary like I'm throwing away uh essentially a 15-year career that I built and uh that well, you're not really throwing away because I, I guess like technically you could find another job right yeah, I mean, I could always go back to work. And that was something yeah. that, you know, I was yeah. sort of writing writing out like, okay, if should I do this or not? Like that was one thing that I wrote was I can always go back you could. to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like no one's going to take that experience you have. But I guess it it probably gets harder if you've been, you know, you quit your job, say at 35, and then you realize, oh, I have to get back to work at 45. People will be like, what were you doing for the past 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> You're like living my life, having a good time. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Um, so yeah, it was really that it was, you know, I was, I was there, I was, I was, I just wasn't mentally ready. And and I think it just took, it took time. It took a a year and a half or two years to to get there. And the other interesting thing is that it's really, you don't realize how much of your identity is wrapped up in, in work, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you go like, pretend if you go to some function and you're there and you don't know anybody and you go up to somebody and say, Hey, how are you? And you start to, you start talking to them and yeah. you exchange names. Like what is the first thing that, or the first question that they ask you? It's always, what do you do? What do you do? And so we have so much of our identity mm-hmm. wrapped up in what we do. And, and so it's kind of like, okay, if I'm not doing my job anymore, what actually am I yeah, doing? What, what's the answer to that question? <laughs> what, what do you say to people now when they ask, what do you do? Uh, if I'm playing around, I'll, I'll just, I'll say, well, I don't do anything. And then <laughs> they, they, I watch their brain kind of like melt. Yeah. And they're like, what? <laughs> their, malfunction, like their brain just malfunctions. And then 
uh, we go on with the conversation. Um, but you know, I, I do spend my time, my, especially my mornings are sort of, um, my writing time. So I'm spending time writing about money, which I've been doing since 2012 is when mm-hmm. I started my site. And so I'm doing what I've always been doing. I just have, I guess, more time to do it or mm-hmm. more, more freedom to do it. And then I sort of get the rest of my day back, right? Like mm-hmm. my afternoons are, are pretty open and free. And so, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll usually just say I, I do nothing or, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm a writer. You're a writer. That sounds way better than doing <laughs> nothing. I'm a writer. That sounds fancy. <laughs> Financially independent and I'm a writer. Probably the only way you can make a living as a writer. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. So what do your days, yeah, I, I guess you kind of walked us through kind of what your days are. So it's just, you know, doing whatever you want to do, writing and uh, traveling, right? That's kind of, and what I'm most curious about is, because I know you did talk a little bit about that delay, uh, you know, between 35 to 37, but do you, what is your game plan? Or do you ever worry that at a certain point at like 60, you'll be like, oh, shoot, I don't have enough money. Like, how are you going to, I'm always so curious, like, how do people sustain themselves for such a long time without, you know, going back to a traditional job? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of unknowns mm-hmm. um, to answer that that question, but yeah, it's a big question. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the a lot of the the research and um, well, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. A lot of the research yeah. says that you know you can draw four percent of your investments every year, and that should last forever. And okay. so, so I, I don't really worry about. Mm-hmm money, uh, any, anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's, and there, there's other things that people always bring up like, um, long-term healthcare yeah. and things like that. But I, I just, I'm not, um, worrying about any of that now or, yeah. or yet. Um, but as far as my day, yeah, I'm, I'm spending most of my mornings. Uh, right. I mean, there's really nothing like amazing. <laughs> right? like, I'm not walking, it sounds I'm not, amazing like, to around. me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like walking around in a, tuxedo drinking champagne like <laughs> I'm just like a regular person and I'm spending my time writing and then just spending a lot of time uh on on myself like mm-hmm. learning and growing I'm reading way more books than I ever read I'm a big reader mm-hmm. and I'm taking way better care of myself um health wise yeah. so I'm really into working out and doing yoga and I've really delved into meditation. So I have a, mm. pretty, um, a pretty consistent meditation practice now. And so it's just sort of spending time in areas that I was probably neglecting before mm-hmm. now that I have the time to, to do that. Yeah. Well, that sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. Well, actually, I probably could do that. I just keep making excuses for why I don't meditate yeah. and work out. I should just <laughs> do it. That's my problem, not yours. Um, that is amazing. Before I let you go, what is kind of one piece of wisdom that um, you would like to leave listeners with something to kind of inspire them? I mean, your story in itself is very inspiring because um, it does kind of seem like, well, you were able to do it, so why couldn't I? So what, what would be something that you would want to let listeners know? Oh, that's a big question. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is just, thinking long-term, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I think a lot of people get frustrated with 
um, with, with their money and things aren't moving fast enough, but, you know, building wealth and becoming financially independent and retiring, retiring early or just retiring. I mean, it's all about the long game mm-hmm. and about spending, uh, you know, n- not getting frustrated, but just spending, um, the, the time that you do have making sure that you're setting yourself up, your future self up, um, now. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's perfect. Well, uh, Chris, where can people find more information about you? Well, I write at chrisreining.com. So you can go there and uh, check out what I write. Awesome. Well, I'm sure they will because you're amazing and you're a writer. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much once again for joining me. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for having me on, Jessica. And that was episode 159 with Chris Raining. Make sure to check him out at his website, chrisraining.com. And his last name is spelt R-E-I-N-I-N-G, in case you're interested. Uh, you can also uh, hit him up on Twitter. Chris J. Raining is his handle. I'm sure he would love to chat with you. Um, and yeah, dang, right? 35. Like, yeah. That's if if that's not like motivation to like stop just like wasting your money and wasting your life like I don't know what will like if anything I just I feel super unproductive and I'm I need to get to work right now on something to help me reach financial independence right away. Um, but anyways, I hope you liked that episode. Uh, a couple extra things I want to share with you that you will not want to miss. So uh, stick around for just a sec. Here's just a few words about this episode's sponsor. Track your hours, format the estimate, work out taxes, capture your expenses, chase that late payment, prepare the invoice, submit the proposal. Welcome to the worst part of being a freelancer, otherwise known as paperwork. The good news is that the good people at FreshBooks have created a ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers that turns tackling these time-sucking, never-ending tasks into no big thing. Send a polished invoice in 30 seconds, Set yourself up to get paid online in two clicks and manage your expenses by taking pictures of receipts from your phone. Oh, and if you need to whip up a quick proposal to land the gig, FreshBooks has you covered too. Now you can include an outline of your project, scope of work, and a timeline as part of your estimate. No more switching software, no more fussing over style and formatting, and most importantly, no more wasting your precious time. To find out all the ways FreshBooks will transform how you deal with your paperwork and to get a free 30-day trial, go to freshbooks.com slash mo and enter a Mo Money podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Once again, that's freshbooks.com slash mo and enter Mo Money podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Okay, you know, I've been talking to you about uh, Rich and Fit because me and Jackie have uh, kind of launched for the first time a website uh, all about Rich and Fit. Richandfit.co is where you can find more info about uh, our courses. And I say courses now because although we started out last June with our first ever course, the Rich and Fit Bootcamp, uh, which you can sign up to now, um, we split that bootcamp into two separate courses. So uh, there is Rich and Fit fitness foundations for just fitness stuff and uh, rich and fit financial foundations for just finance stuff. So if you want to do one and then the other, or you just want to focus on your finances or just want to focus on your fitness, well, we have the course for you. And uh, since you're an awesome podcast listener, I want to offer you a little discount to um, get you go and save you some money. Um, You can save 20% if you use my promo code MoMoney. There you go. At the 
you know, at the the cart when you're about to buy. That's where you put it in. Um, also, last week, I, I, you know, pulled the winner um, for two tickets to go to that Leaders and Icons conference. I was giving away two tickets to this conference that was happening in Toronto. I was also able to attend and it was so awesome, so inspiring and uh, just got me just really pumped to, I don't know, focus on my business, focus on some of my goals, really look at my, you know, um, vision board again and just like get to work and stuff and, uh, and also start reading more. Um, I've been reading a lot more, um, you know, biographies and autobiographies and uh, inspirational books. And uh, then it got me thinking, hey, I've had some amazing, amazing authors on the show this season. I think I should do another giveaway. So um, I am doing a book giveaway of all of the um, uh, authors that I've had on the show in the past season. Um, and, uh, you know, bonus, like uh, most of them are female authors. So that's pretty exciting. So uh, if you want to enter this uh, book giveaway contest, all you have to do is go jessicamorehouse.com slash book giveaway. That'll take you to the entry form where you can enter to win one of the books that I am giving away. Or just go to the show notes. I'll have more information uh, in there. That's jessicamorehouse.com slash 159. Uh, once again, the show notes, you can find that for every episode uh, that you listen to. It's always just jessicamorehouse.com slash whatever the number of the episode is. So um, I hope you enter um, because I've got some amazing books that I want to make sure that you read because I read them all. I love them all. want to share the love. So uh, yeah, okay, that is it for me. Um, but I will see you back here next uh, Wednesday. Um, and if you're curious what I'm going to be up to this week, this coming week, um, over the long weekend, I'm going to be um, on another trip because I'm a jet setter, apparently. I'm going to be in San Francisco. Um, I've never been super pumped. Um, I've always wanted to check it out, going to see Alcatraz, obviously, and uh, and just see what's going on over there. So if you want to, you know, see what I'm up to while I'm uh, in San Francisco, make sure to check out my Instagram. I've been doing a lot more um, posts and specifically Instagram stories. I think that's kind of my jam. Um, so make sure to just go to, I think it's just Instagram.com slash Jessica I Morehouse. Again, you can find that on my website. But uh, yeah, so that's that's how you can keep in touch if you like. All right. Again, I'm shutting up now. See you back here next Wednesday. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.